Greetings, my friend, and welcome to Beyond Curious, conversations with brave adventurers like yourself that are taking voyages into the unknown to satisfy their curiosity, fulfill their purpose, and bring their ideas to life. I'm Brandon Fong, and whether you are a new or an old friend, I am super excited to have you here, and I'm also beyond excited to introduce you to a world-class human being, my friend and today's guest, Gordy Bow. When I shared that exercise, he went back and he started doing it with his clients, and he realized, he texted me, he goes, Gordy, you've stumbled across something that's going to change the world. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, curiosity is a cure for depression. It's like, what? He's like, what I'm realizing is that in depressed people, curiosity is absent. If you couldn't already tell from that brief clip, Gordy is an incredibly curious human and is really passionate about how curiosity can make a massive impact in the world. So I was super excited to bring him on and I've actually known Gordy for a while now. So Gordy and I crossed paths in Genius Network in 2018, 2019-ish. And I knew from the moment that I met him that he was a really special, super heart-centered human and also entrepreneur and he's got an incredible story so he's actually the owner of ctr.com which if you know how much it costs to have a three-letter domain and um also if you're familiar with the marketing world ctr stands for click-through rate um and so his background was being a huge marketer making tons of money his consciousness evolved and then he completely rebranded ctr instead of being click-through rates as being the conscious thought revolution so uh he's up to some amazing amazing stuff he is the author of the new millionaires playbook which is what we chat about in today's uh, episode and I'm super excited for this because he is on a mission to redefine millionaire not as somebody who's made a million dollars but as somebody who has impacted a million lives I love that and I'm super excited for you to listen to that he has also leveraged conscious thought revolution to turn into a venture capital fund and a world-class marketing agency he is an advisor speaker and mentor and he's always looking at investing in entrepreneurs that are bettering humanity he was an early investor in Aura Ring. we briefly mentioned that in the episode and he is just truly a master at helping people step into their purpose. So there is so much that we talk about in this episode and Gordy is just an amazing human being. But as always, there's three things I would love for you to look out for. Number one, Gordy's curiosity list. If you're going to do one thing from this episode, make it this. And I'm really excited to leverage this inside of my life and help to develop deeper connection with the people that are around me. Number two, how you can uncover your purpose. Gordy gives some of his best tried and true strategies on how you can do that. This is something that I'm ridiculously passionate about. As you know, if you are a longtime listener, my I believe my purpose is to create a more deeply connected world. And a big part of that is learning how to connect deeper with yourself. And I can't think of a better way of doing that than learning how to uncover your purpose. So whenever I have somebody that has a tool or thought process around that, it's super, super good. And Gordy's is incredible. And you'll also see that it mirrors uh, my, some of the ways that I've uncovered my purpose. If you ended up listening to episode 140 a, which I would highly recommend anyways, that's number two. And number three, again, how, what it means to be a new millionaire. How do you actually achieve being somebody that has impacted a million people's lives? And what does that look like? So there is so much gold in today's episode. I'm beyond excited for you to listen. So without any further ado, here is my friend, Gordy Bow. 
Mr. Gordy Bow. Welcome to the show, my friend. <laughs> Beyond excited to have you here. This is going to be an absolute blast. Thank you, brother. It's good to be here. So good to see your smiling face and feel your energy. You just sent me some energy <laughs> prior to starting. I was trying to think, you know, I listened to, obviously I read your book. I listened to a bunch of interviews that you did and there's so many places that we could start, but I landed on a spot that I think would be a really great place to dive in. And it has to do with a good friend of yours, Andrew. And you mentioned him twice in the book. First, you talk about an event that he hosted that he changed your life. And then you also mentioned later that he he was your rich dad. Um, so I think that there's some juice here because anybody that has shown up in your life as that sage that has transformed the way you thought about things is always a great place to start. So I would love for you to maybe give a little bit of context on who Andrew is and maybe how that first event completely transformed your life as we know it today. Yeah, sure. So Andrew is like one of those humans that's a complete enigma. I almost feel like he's an alien he's lived like multiple lifetimes in this one life uh he started out as like a professional lawyer with a massive law firm and he went and became an ordained monk in africa um, he launched multiple online businesses in the marketing advertising space uh, then he went and became a music producer uh, and then he launched um the largest pet a uh, product company on the planet. Uh, and now he's on to his third uh, a, a unicorn, which is, you know, a billion dollar company in the crypto space. And um, and he's just one of those kind of humans that, you know, he's playing multidimensionally. And, you know, early on in my journey, when we became friends, we kind of grew up in the world of sort of um, the internet marketing, affiliate marketing world. And the way he thought about things was always interesting. And I talk about how he, you know, introduced me to this thought uh, or this notion of compound thoughts, because we've always heard about compound interest. And so this notion of compound thoughts of like, you know, your thoughts stack upon each other. So what is the quality of thoughts you're having? And so that was something that was a game changer for me. And he'd always like he's he's always leveling up. If if this if this indeed is a video game uh, we call life, it's just been amazing watching him level up and play you know such a diverse set of games, and it's always been inspiring. And he's just somebody that I I look at as who's living the life of a new millionaire, because he is that looking to just impact lives. He's looking at pot. He doesn't need more money. He's, he's what I would call post-economic. Like he's not doing this to make money. He's doing it to really impact as many lives as possible. So he's, yeah, he's, he's just one of those kind of humans that you're like, is he actually human? <laughs> 100%. He's an alien in human form, at least for this time being, until he uh, turns into back back to alien form where he came from. I love that. And you drop so many keywords, obviously, that we're going to dive into throughout the rest of our time together, like what it means to be a new millionaire. You talked about video games, and I know you and I could probably nerd out about The Matrix all day. Uh, there's one thing that you, you mentioned in passing and talking about Andrew and how he showed up in your life, and you talked about the power of compound thought. And this concept, I know, is like a key concept for you is the fact that your thoughts are yeah. investments. And I had heard you talk about on a podcast about this question that just really sparked and lit up for me. And that question was, where did you invest your last million thoughts? So I kind of want to like double down on this concept of what it means to have compound thought and how we can actually begin to treat the 
raw material that our brain is creating more seriously, that it's not something that is just this fleeting thing, but there's actual long-term benefits of it. So I'd love for you to maybe share a little bit more about the power of compound thought and how that's transformed your life. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think we're finally entering into this stage of humanity where we can begin to measure what was once immeasurable. And so even the notion of measuring your thoughts, like when would we have ever been able to do that? And so I I, I kind of imagine like having a Fitbit of, for your thoughts. And so one of the things that I'm really intrigued by is that, you know, we've you know, in the world of biohacking, we've we've really delved deep into like the 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 biochemical aspects of our neurology and our our just our entire system. But what I'm more intrigued by now is even not just the the biochemical, but the actual electric frequency, because there are you know there are these neurons that are firing. There our thoughts have like an electric frequency to them, and so. It, there was a study in, by um, done at Stanford, which uh, measured around forty to sixty thousand thoughts we're having, so uh, per day. So per day we're having forty to sixty thousand thoughts, but we're not even aware of most of them. So what if we could, you know, extract from ourselves all the thoughts we're having and begin to look at what is the frequency of them? How how are they rendering the reality which is you know being being formed in front of us? And so when we begin to actually have this metacognitive awareness of the thoughts that are there, um, we can actually begin to shape shift them and realize like, oh shit, like you know, 80% of these thoughts are just programming. It's just programming that's there that isn't actually serving us or empowering us. And when we get that awareness or insight, we can actually begin to start having our thoughts instead of our thoughts having us. And so when you can begin to have your own thoughts, and one of the best ways to do this is to be in the space of curiosity and inquiry. And when you're able to have your own thoughts, you can start to compound those and you can build upon those. And that's where you can realize that, you know, I, I talk in the book as well about, you know, the reality distortion field, which Steve Jobs coined, which is kind of the interface of how we we can create our own reality versus having our reality curated for us. And so this is some of the stuff that I'm really enjoying geeking out on. And it's some of the stuff that I'm working with my kids on as well is like, you know, it's like staying in the question of what are you curious about? And when you're in the question, then inherently your curiosity is beginning to keep that awareness around so you can build upon your own desires from a place of deeper inquiry versus kind of the shallow superficial um you know, sympathetic nervous system that's kind of there just to help you survive. Man, there's so much there. And I mean, <laughs> I think for you listening, you know why I wanted Gordy on Beyond Curious, because if there is a definition of the word Beyond Curious, Gordy fits that title. He's one of the dictionary definition or the words, the synonyms for it. There's so much there. I think there's a few things I want to just highlight for people. One of my favorite quotes that comes up on the show all the time is, uh, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will control your life and you will call it fate. It's Carl Jung. And I think so much of what you're talking about is like, how do we bring what is underneath the surface to the surface? And then how do we actually make intentional choices around the things that we can then become aware of? And all this stuff, as you dig more into it, it just becomes a pattern that I see over and over and over again. Like my work originally, I used to work with Jonathan Levy at Superhuman Academy. And we talked a lot about Hebb's law, neurons that fire together, wire again, like wire together. Like our brains are constantly making it easier to think certain thoughts. And just like when you watch a water 
going through sand. Like you see that path that starts to get carved. And then like the, those, the, the ability to have those compounding thoughts, if you're playing at a higher and higher frequency is just really cool. And, um, I love that you talked about curiosity and inquiry, which I know we'll get to in a little bit. Cause I know one of the things I really want to zoom in on is how to find your purpose. And you have some yeah. really cool ways to <laughs> uncover your purpose leveraging curiosity. But before we get to all that juicy goodness, I want to, I want to give people some, a little more context on Gordy's story. Who, who is Gordy? Yeah. How did he arrive? And it's really cool because you have this domain CTR, <laughs> which had an initial meeting and now it means something completely different. And you've kind of talked a lot about, um, this, this world that you've begun to create of, um, living with more intention. So, Let's talk a little bit about where Gordy came from in the sense of like, talk to us about where CTR originally came from and the life that you were living is maybe an old millionaire and like how you made that transition into a new millionaire. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up to parents who were immigrants. They came to North America with $20 to their name and they worked their butts off. And, you know, I noticed, or as a kid, I made this meaning whenever there was sort of like tension or strife at home, which now I realize is just part of the human condition. But as, as a child, I was like, oh, this must be because, you know, we don't have a lot of money. And so I pursued entrepreneurialism right off the bat. I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to make as much money as possible so that it'll solve all the problems both at home and, you know, at large. And, um, and so early on being a child of the internet, I figured out how to, you know, generate lots of money by creating um so so in in the in wall street they have uh, it's it's like high frequency trading of stocks and and commodities and and then you know they use algorithms to automate that process and they're just constantly printing money but because i was in the online advertising world i figured out how to do that in in the ad space basically high frequency trading of ads and so that was extremely lucrative and in the early 2000s, I started seeing how, you know, people were using high, um, psychographic profiling before they were running Facebook algorithms. And I, I was seeing how people were using, you know, fear and greed to convince people to buy shit they didn't need. And so on one hand, I'm seeing that I'm, you know, building this ad platform that's generating a lot of money. But on the other hand, I'm like, wait, like, not this I, I, as as my bank account's growing i'm feeling spiritually bankrupt like what the hell is the point of all of this and um and so you know as as uh, i said there's um the famous philosopher uh notorious big uh biggie small said <laughs> more money more problems and and that's true and and so i kind of ended up like falling into this you know existential crisis and you know i'm seeing the world kind of continue to work in a way that wasn't serving everybody. It was like a select few were benefiting at the cost of everybody else and at the cost of the planet. And I was like, this game is weird. Like, I don't get this game. Why is everybody playing this game? And so, you know, I started deconstructing the power systems. Like, how does money work? What is government? What is big pharma? What is big food? What is education? How did education start? Why, why are these designed in these certain ways that keep most people oppressed? And so, for a, for a period of time, I became, you know, very righteous. And I was like pointing fingers at people like, you need to wake up. Can't you tell the system is rigged and the game is rigged? And that didn't work too well <laughs> um, mm -hmm. because people, we don't, it's it's not easy for, for most of us to really, you know, 
question the paradigm we live within. It, it forces us to evaluate our entire identity and our reality. And um, anyway, so as I'm questioning the systems and, and you know, one of the big moments that I talk about was 9-11 when that was like a mainstream narrative that was being created and and there was opportunities to ask questions. Um, and then there was 2008, the financial collapse that occurred. And there was another opportunity to start asking questions of the sort of macro picture, like why are all the big banks that created this situation the ones that are getting bailed out and winning. It's like, how, how are you winning by creating so much you know, destruction? It didn't make sense. Um, but what what kind of started coming true for me though was looking in my own garden and realizing that i was part of the problem i was also you know playing a game the old millionaires game where i was you know just focused on making as much money as possible at the cost of you know people's well-being and at the cost of people actually getting products and services that would serve them versus just something that you know advertisers would want them to sell to generate profit. And, and in around 2007, I had, you know, while I'm in this process, I purchased the domain name ctr.com. And for those of you who know anything about online advertising, CTR stands for click-through rate, which is a key success metric. And so the higher your click-through rate, then usually that your campaign, your ad campaigns perform better. And so I thought I was going to build this auto optimization platform for click through rate to help advertisers. But, um, I, you know, I'd say before I had my kid and I know you're about to have yours and I'm so excited for you before I ha had my children, I really started having deeper inquiry, not just about how the world works. Cause I started getting and understanding how that game worked, but more so like, you know, how, what is the nature of reality? What is my purpose? What is consciousness? Like, how is this? How, what's, what's, the, what's the game behind the veil? I get the one that's kind of like structured in the three-dimensional world. And so as I, as I started this, you know, spiritual questing or vision questing, I got this really clear download that, you know, it was, it was so profound. I still remember feeling it in every cell of my body. And the message was this, we don't need a higher click-through rate. What we need is a conscious thought revolution. And so all of a sudden, when, when I got this message, I kind of just, I realized I started, I didn't even know what it meant at the time, but I started surrendering into this, this meaning and this notion and this message. And so that was a big moment of transformation because for the first time I stopped being in this like mode of like hustle, make shit happen, figure it out. I'm going to like using will to get through and, and build and, and scale and all this. And it was like, and, and I started realizing that like, you know, life can happen through me if I just kind of actually realize that I'm an active participant in the unfolding of the universe. And so what that led mm -hmm. to then is this ecosystem. So CTR now is actually um, an ecosystem that consists of a venture capital fund where we are redefining what impact investing is. And so we are investing in companies and technologies that are dedicated to raise human consciousness because our thesis is that consciousness is the root cause of all the problems we face so whether if that's you know the degradation of our planet whether it's poverty or inequality or you know pick any of the problems that we're facing it doesn't matter if we tackle for example climate if 
most humans are not flourishing. If two and a half billion people don't even have food on the plates, if if majority of humans are suffering every day with mental health crises and you know suicidal ideation, like we as humans are in a deep sense of you know hurt and pain and suffering and our and our our nervous systems are not regulated. So if we actually want to begin to innovate and create solutions to help our our species evolve to the next iteration of what they're meant to be, we got to focus on root cause. And so we've been investing, yeah, so that and, and because we can begin to measure the notion of impact through mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being of humans. That's what we focused on. So we, yeah, we raised a bunch of money, started deploying it into companies to prove out and substantiate this thesis. And it's been great. Like one of our success stories, I think you know, is like the Aura, the smart, smart ring, which is a great example of a technology that's using data as a force for good it's helping people improve their well-being and so that's that's sort of you know so i played so i went from entrepreneur game to you know investor game and and now i'm i'm moving into i guess this this teacher game and sharing a lot of what i've learned you know i've spent upwards of seven figures on deconstructing my own operating system my own hardware my own software and so i wanted to put that into a book and and that's what it is is i i wanted to distill it into seven keys to make it easy for those who are on this journey and being like wait this game is rigged and i want to figure out how to play this game that actually nourishes my soul man so much to pull out there. And and <laughs> I love how you set us up for exactly where I wanted to go, because I would love to deconstruct this process that you've used, that you've helped other use to how to arrive at, at your purpose. And it's really cool because I read this in your book and it mirrored a lot about how I was able to uncover this kind of stuff. And some of the things that you were just talking about just reminded me of you use some language along the lines of like how much effort it took for you to be and play the old millionaire game. And now it's more based on effortlessness and flow. It's like Wu Wei, um, effortless action, <laughs> right? Like how do you yes. actually stay in, in the flow of things, which is super cool. But I know I say before we get there, so I, I make that mistake sometimes, but that you, we, I just want to clarify one more term that we've been using a lot because I think it's really important for the rest of this conversation is we've been talking about old millionaire and new millionaire. And I know that you're actually working with Giovanni Marsico uh, to come up with a documentary on this. Giovanni's been on the show. Amazing, amazing human. Uh, so you can, if you're listening, go check out that episode I did with Gio. But talk to us a little bit about this new redefinition, because this is what got me so excited. Um, even even more so to talk, just a chance to hang out with you again was amazing. But like when I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, he's redefining the word millionaire. This is epic. So talk to us a little yeah. bit about the new millionaire and, and what that really means for this next upcoming generation. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, a little bit of a backdrop. Over the next 10 years, there's over 70 plus trillion dollars moving hands from the old generation, the, the boomer generation, to millennials and Gen Z. And millennials and Gen Z have a much different, we have a much different set of values. We don't care as much about hoarding and controlling and accumulating like yachts upon yachts and, you know, mansions upon mansions. We care more about a regenerative planet. We care more about sustainability. We care more about experience. We care more about depth of connection and life and experience. And we're realizing the interconnectedness of all, all of us, as well as our interconnectedness to nature. So, you know, when when people say, oh, we got to protect our planet, we got to protect nature, we also got to remember that we are nature. 
we're nature protecting itself. So it's not, we're not separate from it. And so one of the things that I really wanted to do, and this again was, you know, when I started seeing my own children at their early ages of five, six, seven, they started asking questions of like, who's the richest person on the planet, daddy? And, and, you know, like, you know, how do I become a millionaire? And I was like, uh Oh, like, I'm like, we need to rewrite the story. Like, this is not like the aspiration. And so, you know, if, if we, if we really want to start creating, you know, a new way of existing and being together, let's start, you know, redefining certain memes or 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 aspirations that we've all grown up through the culture with and so the old millionaire you know played played a certain game but the new millionaire is actually somebody who is focused on positively impacting millions of lives that's the currency of success how do you positively impact millions of lives and and in order to do so it's crucial to first discover your purpose discover who you are meant to be, why you chose to come here. And then from that place, you start working on your own foundation of your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. When you build that foundation, you have what you need to start serving and creating and innovating. And so that's the new millionaire is, is somebody who is looking to actually create impact. That's how they measure success. And what's interesting and what's funny about this, and, and there's more and more research coming out about this, is when you live from that place, you actually begin to generate abundance. You generate abundance in a way that's more aligned and more congruent with an aspect of yourself that's deeper than the survival aspect. It's the aspect that you know I refer to as your soul, your spirit, the the essence of who and what you truly are. And so I think if we if we kind of you know begin to coin this term, the new millionaire, and and I mean I just chose that one, but we can redefine so many things. You know this, um, but this was one that I felt would be resonant because as this massive flow of capital is occurring, it's like you know how do we want to deploy it? How do we want to move it and influence it? And well, it's firstly we need to really expand our consciousness and really remember the interconnectedness of who we are. And then from that place, start making an impact. Quick follow-up to that. How do you know when you've become a new millionaire? Because like, that's one thing that I'm wondering. It's like, okay, old millionaire, million dollars in your bank account, million dollars in your assets plus. As you have somebody that's redefined this, is that if somebody's like, okay, that's my new goal, how do you go about thinking about like when you get that title or how you approach that, just because I feel like people are always looking for that, like, okay, how do I actually measure this? So like, where, when, yeah. when do you actually become a new millionaire? Like, do you have some kind of met dashboard? Like, how, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. So actually in the book, there is a section where I talk about 15 signs that your soul is coming online. Mm, okay. And when you start noticing those signs, that is indicative of being a new millionaire. It's also when you start being able to engineer synchronicities because you've unplugged from the matrix. You're once you've unplugged from the matrix, you can start to be operate, you know, multidimensionally. You can operate from a different energetic perspective. And so when you're plugged back into the matrix, you play the game a little different and you're playing it from a sense of deeper purpose and understanding and, you know, synchronicities begin to show up. And those are the, I call those the biofeedback signals from the universe that you are manifesting and you're living for, in it, like you mentioned, you know, a place of effortlessness and flow. And so the, I'd say the, yeah, if you want to kind of like have a, a litmus test of seeing if you're 
beginning to live the life of a new millionaire, check out the 15 signs of your soul coming online. I think that's a really valuable one. And you can just do a daily check-in and say, are these things coming on for me? Love that. Love that. Well, let's follow the white rabbit to use a matrix reference and let's <laughs> let's help people uncover their purpose. Because whenever I have the opportunity to chat with somebody that has tested different ways of helping groups of people come up with their purpose, I think this is one of the most important conversations that anyone can be having. And I think that when people think about, okay, let me find my purpose, it seems like it's really big, really complex, really intimidating. But I think as we kind of talked about earlier, and I'm confident just having done this myself and support some other people throughout this process, if you engage in that space of play, of curiosity, it's yeah. a lot easier than than it may seem. So you have four steps um, or five steps, I guess, that that kind of help people uncover their purpose. And the, the first one has to do with falling in love with this asset that we have. So maybe talk to us a little bit about why it's important <laughs> to fall in love with our brain first. Yeah, well, you know, for I'll share my own experience around this. When I was younger, I remember there was times when I would be, you know, not too happy with how my brain worked because it wasn't able or it wasn't good at doing certain things. Um, and so I remember being like, oh, I, I you know, ho holding myself in in a regard that wasn't uplifting or empowering. And it was when I started actually doing neurological assessments and understanding the unique aspect of how my brain works. And, and one of the processes that I went through was it's called Emergenetics. It's this it's this profile that you create that maps out your brain into one of four areas, um, conceptual, analytical, um, structural, and relational. And so everybody is, is, you know, it's like a pie. You get a pie chart showing how you fall into those four areas. And a lot of people are what's called bimodal or trimodal. So they're kind of evenly split between two or three of them. And then that gives them a blueprint of how to really leverage their brain and, and see it as a gift. And for me, what I saw was that my brain was 95% conceptual. Um, there's less than 1% of people on the planet. It's called unimodal. So I'm a unimodal brain, um, which means that I, I can think in really abstract concepts and I can see the really, 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 really big picture. And I mean, you can tell by by the way that I share concepts there, you know, they can sound quite amorphous and ethereal, but it's because that's how my brain works. And so I was, when I realized that I fell in love with it and was like, oh man, I'm gifted because my brain works this way. Just like you're gifted because your brain works in the way it works. Everybody's gifted because of the way their unique brain works. So when you fall in love and appreciate the way your brain works and understand it, now you have, you use it as a superpower versus like, oh, well, mine doesn't work that way. So I must not be good at X, Y, and Z. So that's why it's absolutely crucial to see your own mind as a superpower and and for a lot of people, what ends up happening is, you know, this is why we talk about the matrix is that it gets hijacked. It gets hijacked by the culture and the, the power systems that exist, which are constantly programming the mind and, and using and leveraging it to, you know, achieve its agendas. So it's about taking the power back, falling in love with your brain. Now, once you have it, that's one part of first being like, okay, I'm connected to this most powerful quantum computer that I've been gifted. Now I know the code. I know how the code is. I know the software. I know the hardware. Then it's about starting to play with, like we talked about, and what you know, you're a big stand for is curiosity.
start seeing what are you actually curious about? If you could release all the obligations and responsibilities you believe you have, because the culture tells you you have these, what would you actually be curious about? What would you spend your time doing? What would you spend your time researching? What gets what 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 do you notice that your energy in your body, your your nervous system gets activated when you think about? And so those are also signs. Those are also signs that the 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 things that you're curious about are associated with your sense of purpose and it'll give you more clarity so you can go through this process. And again, I, I outline a pretty simple one in the book. And then, as you said, you play. Now you start playing in those areas and you see where you get energy. And when you're in that space, opportunities start to show up. And not only do they show up through, um, you know, synchronicities and serendipities, but you begin to actually create opportunities because you have a new lens through which you look at life. And that light, that lens is one through your purpose. So you're filtering everything that comes in through your purpose statement. And by the end of the process, that's what happens. You have a statement of purpose that you filter all your um, opportunities through. So for example, because again, my brain is so conceptual and, and can think in large abstracts. My statement of purpose is awakening superheroes to unleash the magic within. And so for me, you can see that's a pretty magic superheroes. And like there's a, these are highly conceptual um, frameworks uh, or a framework, but for somebody else who's more structural, their statement of purpose might be something like helping entrepreneurs build big businesses or something like that, right? You see it's more tactical and pragmatic, but that might be more oriented to them and, and their makeup. And so that's, yeah. And, and, and then I think we, you know, later on, we start diving into just the real connection to your soul and understanding and building a, a, a direct line to your soul. So you have communication on a daily basis, on a real-time basis. And that's another thing that we as humans have lost touch with is our soul. And so when I'm coaching startup founders and even investors, and, and they're wanting to work through a, you know, a massive problem, I'll say, what does your soul say? And it's funny because they'll kind of like be like, oh, wait, what? Like, how do I do that? And it's crazy because, and then I'll make this joke. I'll say, you know, do you, how often do you connect with your soul? Do you have to book an appointment through your Calendly link to connect with your soul? Or <laughs> does your soul have an EA you have to go through? And so, you know, getting that direct connection to your soul, th that, that also helps. You can check in. You just check in with your soul and say, is this something that's serving my purpose? Is this something that lights me up? Is this something I'm fucking willing to stand for and fight? for and die for because I know it is going to make the world a better place. It's going to make my life a better place. It's going to make my family, my community. It's going to create a quantum leap for our, our species. And it doesn't always have to be big for everybody, right? Like it doesn't have to be just because like some of us like to think and play big. It can be small. It can be tiny. It can be something that just makes your heart sing. This process of what you're saying of like the clarity, this is, you know, talking about, you said before, signs of a new millionaire, like the, the signs coming online. So we could talk a little bit about that, but like the, the uncovering this process for me has been just transformative. So just because Gordy shared his, and I say mine all the time, I believe my purpose is to create a more deeply connected world by catalyzing curiosity. Um, so like that is <laughs> not it. how it came out initially though, right? Like there was many different iterations that I had to go through in order to come up with that way of expressing that that felt authentic and true to like how it is for me but like now i can filter all the opportunities and decisions that i'm making through that lens of the north star and that's been super powerful and you gordy you just you just packed on so much value there i want to zoom in on a few things and kind of just expand because 
and, and also anyone that is interested in exploring some more of these tests and that kind of stuff. I talk about this a lot on episode 140A because I'm obsessed with these. And, and the thing that I want to say, because we talked about falling in love with your brain, Gordy, the, the biggest aha for me that came to all these tests that I was taking, the, the Colby, the archetypes, principles, you, strengths finder, like to me, the biggest thing was I spent one afternoon where I copied everything into one Google Doc and I asked myself the question, what are they all saying? Because I think that it's like really interesting to say, oh, this is the result of this one thing. Um, but like when you have three, a pattern starts to emerge. So if you take enough of these things, you'll, uh, to me, it was a huge aha and a huge vote of confidence to say, oh, all these things are actually saying the same things. And that was to me like, okay, if they're all saying the same things, that gives me a massive confidence to like actually lean into this even more. But so I love that, but I want to zoom in on, on that list, the curiosity list. So I want to like give someone something, if you're going to start taking some momentum, I got a Joe polished domino on my desk right now. Like what's the big domino? <laughs> I think if you sat down and did this one exercise, you're, you're, you can't not continue exploring this a little bit more. So you, you kind of talked about it in passing, um, but talk about this curiosity list and, and maybe just so we can give someone something really tangible that they can do yes. right now, maybe even pause us and do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right now, pause, actually finish listening to this because it's going to be more cool stuff. But once this is done, <laughs> sit down, get out a piece of paper or your remarkable or your tablet or a doc and just write down 25 things you are curious about. What are you curious about? If you could spend a weekend studying, learning, diving into, what are those 25 things? And what's crazy, Brandon, you'll appreciate this. You like I, I just did um I did the podcast with uh, Mindy Kniss, uh Sean Stevenson's um, partner, and um and she shared with me, she still holds Sean's 25 list of curiosities in her wallet every day because when I shared that exercise, he went back and he started doing it with his clients and he realized, he texted me, he goes, Gordy, you've stumbled across something that's going to change the world. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, curiosity is a cure for depression. It's like, what? He's like, what I'm realizing is that in depressed people, curiosity is absent. They're absent of curiosity. And, and the opposite of curiosity is apathy. And so when you actually get people to tap into their curiosity, it, it almost like short circuits the, the programming and the coding that's creating the depression or, or the low mood for them. And so that was huge and that was massive. And, and it was funny, it was like his parting gift to me because a, a few weeks before he passed, he like... He, kind of, he was like, okay, Gordy, you, we're going to launch this thing to the world about curiosity. We're going to help people discover their purpose. And he's like, you're onto something like, we're, like, you know, I, this, you have all my support and I'm going to do this. And then two weeks later, he's like, peace out. And, you know, went on to, you know, wherever in the universe and cosmos he is. And, you know, I feel his energy and presence all the time. Um, and so, yeah, this this curiosity, write down 25 things you're curious about and just start playing. See what that does. Start, And then you can start clustering those and seeing what are the meta themes there. And so that'll give you enough just to start pulling threads and being like, oh, interesting. You know, my, my soul, my energy, my brain, my cognitive faculties begin to light up around these certain things. And so that will start giving you the initial set of um, clues and signals on your purpose. So write down 25 things you're curious about, share it with people, send it to five people um, and ask them to share their list of 25 things they're curious about and just watch what happens.
watch what happens hit up brandon hit me up after and just say holy this is like just share with us what happens it's 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 mind-blowing yeah so i just a uh, few months no last month at the time of this recording i did my first in-person event and we called it a curiosity quest and one of the things that i took people through that that my i co-created this with my partner john but we we took people on a hike in the beautiful mountains of park city utah and i created this exercise called a wander and wonder um and i did all these i did all these interviews ahead of time for each person to come up with this list of like ask this human about this thing because it's going to unlock gold i think this is a way that you could absolutely do this at scale right because it's like it's a very simple question to like you said uncover what really lights people up and then when you go and you have conversations it allows for that depth. I think lots of people are starving for depth, but they don't know how to go and be yeah. deep. And at a fun and playful question like this, that is like, what are you curious about? I guarantee there's probably a chance of two twenty-five. If you have two people with twenty-five different things, there's going to be overlap and there's going to be magic, especially if you're <laughs> you're combining that with different conversations. So I want to do. I'm going to say this right now. I have a. Um, we're hanging out with some friends in a few weeks, and they're like, "What are we going to do?" And I'm like, "I want to do something." And as I read this, I'm like, "Okay, we're going to do a wander and wonder hike, but I'm going to give everyone this exercise of the twenty-five things. Then we're going to go on a hike, and we're just going to talk about these things." So I think that's going to be super fun, and I want to play with that. Um, so thank that's you for brilliant. that because I think it is. Absolutely game changing. Yeah, that's brilliant. And it, there's also something else around this exercise. It actually, cre you spoke to it, it creates a new sense of depth with the person you're sharing with, because there's actually a bit of vulnerability that exists here. You're, you're tapping into the part of yourself that isn't just the mask or, or the, you know, the, the thing that you're portraying to the world that you are. So it forces you to go beyond that. And when you share it, it's like beyond curiosity, right? So when you're sharing that with somebody and, and you're exchanging it, you're actually creating a deeper connection. And you're right. That's where the magic happens. It's like that bond creates something. And just in the energetic field, of those that you're sharing it with things show up things pop up because now you know i shared this the other day too it's like you know if if you subscribe to the notion that we are the universe experiencing itself through us well then the universe is inherently curious that's what it's doing it's here to experience itself and learn and evolve and grow because it's infinitely expanding so when we tap into our curiosity we're tapping into a greater universal intelligence we're tapping into the great mystery and so that's why you know the this this notion of magic is that's where it is that's where it's waiting to be uncovered so i can't wait i yeah definitely keep me posted on when you facilitate that with your group of friends and and let me know how yeah, it goes it's it's amazing. And, and I'm just going to say one more quick story because it occurred to me. I've been using this service a lot lately. It's called Focusmate. I just had Nir Eyal on the show and he's an investor in Focusmate and I use it and I came back to it, but it's very simple. So shout out to them. Maybe you can pair with me on it, but it's like, it's simply you set a timer for 50 minutes. You show up with a stranger. You say, this is what I'm going to work on. You work on it. And then you say what happened afterwards. And I hopped on with this person yesterday and she's like, oh, I'm, I, what do, I'm like, what are you focused on? And she's like, I want to work on this passion project that I just haven't had a chance to really focus on in a while. And I really want to kind of get that started. I'm like, let's talk about it a little bit afterwards. And I just was curious and I asked her about it and, and she just lit up. She just lit up to talk about, sometimes that's all it is, is just giving people that space to talk about what they're curious about. Because 
I think lots of people's lives aren't set up in a way that empowers them to actually talk about their curiosity. So like, I didn't really do much in that conversation besides just ask about it. And I was listening and like to her, she's like, this conversation made my day. You have no idea mm -hmm. what this meant to me. And it was just an opportunity <laughs> for her to talk about something that was really lighting up for her. So it's just a, a beautiful way to really expand so much goodness in the world. Yeah. Well, that. Thank you for sharing that. And even real time, real time hacking reality when you're with somebody is just ask them. Like I'm, I, I want to ask you right now, what are you curious about right now in this moment? The biggest thing for me is exploring the connection between curiosity and deep connection is like, that's what's lighting me up is because I haven't deep relationships have to have that intertwining of curiosity. And it starts with curiosity about yourself, which empowers you to show up differently with others. Um, and then curiosity about the other person, because when you have two curious people that have explored themselves, it opens up so much depth in the world. And I haven't seen anyone expand thought leadership in this intersection between curiosity and deep connection. So that's what's lighting me up all day. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And, and curiosity uh, leads to connection. And I found creativity. Yes, absolutely. It, it, yeah. I, so I love this. So I would encourage you to do that list. I'm going to have one more follow-up thing because I, I there's another question I've, I don't want to say I've invented it, Gordy, but I saw you use it <laughs> a lot in your book. And to me, it's really exciting. It's like, how do you come up with a list of something and then take another separate disparate list of something else and then ask the question, what lives in the middle? It's like, I'm starting to call it a Venn diagram question. And I found that you you did this, you literally had Venn diagrams all throughout your book. And so there's <laughs> another part that you have people do inside of this purpose. So if you're listening, you paused, or maybe you're coming this afterwards and you list your 25 curiosities, you have people do another list of like problems that they, that they want to solve in the world. So maybe talk a little bit about that. And then we can give people that, that intersection in between, because I think that's a really yeah. amazing way of beginning to actually implement and explore how you can marry the two concepts together. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, you know, because you are becoming the new millionaire, and so you're here to make a positive impact in the world, you want to start looking at the problems that speak to your heart. What are 15 problems that you see in the world that you want to help solve or create solutions for. And so when you write that list and you juxtaposition beside your list of curiosities, you can already start to see business opportunities. You can already start to see ways in which you can express and manifest your purpose in a way that creates abundance and, you know, good, a business model and generate revenue and build a team and bring people together, communities together. So writing down a list of 15 problems you see in the world alongside your list of curiosities that's like stage two now you're like starting to really unfold and unwrap um you know this this um this puzzle uh this of of your purpose and so yeah i i yeah i walk through the the whole five-step process in here so um and that's and and we can go much deeper like for me you know when i went through this process many many years ago i went like on a you know multi-week journey in the forest with a group of 12 of us who were invited to go through a lot of these tools and practices um so you can go much deeper and you will but this will at least start getting you clarity um, and I just think the way the world is is moving right now, it's so important to have a sense of deeper purpose, you know, that's and and so that you can actually express that as we move into this, you know, 
AI driven world where we'll have alongside us, you know, artificial intelligent beings, it's, it's, it's that much more important to discern who we truly are, what is our true essence of our humanity and soul. So I can't, you know, say enough how important it is to discover your purpose. Yeah. And we've mentioned it a bunch. I'll say it again. We've said it in the beginning, we'll say it at the end, but go check out the new millionaires playbook, seven keys to unlock freedom, purpose, and abundance. Like Gordy had mentioned, we are just covering the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the different things that you can do to uncover your purpose. And I know Gordy, we're kind of coming up on time and we wanted to see if we could get a second to jam. But I think uh, uh, another thing that I think is really important for people to think about is signs that you're on track. Um, because like, it's been crazy because it's like, I've watched as I, I, so I made a transition to beyond curious several months ago now. And just because I made that announcement, I've started to watch things show up at completely different levels. The curiosity quest happened. And, you know, I'm like, I am noticing these synchronicities, even something like this conversation, like you and I haven't connected in a while you sent me an email that this book is coming out and I opened the book. I'm like, holy shit, this is like all the things, that, <laughs> like literally like curiosity and connection and, and purpose and like all these things. And like, there's lots of other humans that are showing up now that I have the right language and the right positioning and it's in alignment with my purpose to create a more deeply connected world. So I think that like we talked about, this is an experimental, this is play. You're not going to sit down in one session and crank it out. Like you have to sit and kind of iterate and come back to this and like test all these different things. So I, but I, I think it's really important. Like I've noticed in my body when these things are showing up, when I'm finding this alignment, and I think it's really important to, to give people some indicators that like, yes, you're on the right track. So you talk about this thing called the resonance radar. I would love for you to maybe share about that or any other ways that would indicate to someone you are on the right track. You're in alignment with what you're looking at doing. Yeah. Okay. So one of the really most exciting things that I've been working on over the last few years and studying is the art and science of manifesting. And I've always wondered, like, can you begin to engineer synchronicities? And so, and the answer is yes, you can. And so what I developed and, um, and you and I did it before, before the call is it's a mat, it's a, it's called a magic meditation. It's more of an activation, um, but it's, it's just a seven minute process you can do. And it uses the energy centers. And I have like, um, you know, if you, if you go and, and uh, purchase the book, we put together like thousands of dollars worth of uh, free bonuses. One of them is a training on how this process works. And then you can do it. It takes seven minutes. The magic stands for magnetize, alchemize, generate, inspire and clear and so you go through this process for seven minutes and when what you before you do it you think of and feel into what is it that you want what is it that your soul desires and you can start noticing even the first day even the first day you do this process you'll notice synchronicities begin to show up and those are the signals that you're in the field you're in the you're manifesting and you can feel like you said you could your body begins to feel it. And so I encourage, yeah, I encourage everybody to try it out. It's the magic meditation, seven minutes. And you know me, it's funny because, um, you know, I, I want to, another term I want to redefine is, is the term of laziness. I think laziness has too much of a negative connotation. I think laziness, especially as an entrepreneur is phenomenal because what, you know, lazy entrepreneurs do is they figure out how to do things faster, easier, and cheaper. And so similarly, this is why I wanted to make the book short. 
I didn't want to write a massive book for people. I wanted to make it easy, accessible, and digestible so they could get it done in a day. And similarly with meditation, a lot of people say, I don't have 20 or 30 minutes to meditate. To them, I say, well, then you need to meditate for an hour. But again, what I wanted to do is like, okay, well, how do I synthesize and bring together this, this art and science of manifesting into seven minutes? And so that's that that's that was my way. And I use it. It was for myself. I was like, okay, like I understand now the mechanisms by which I can manifest and and gener and engineer synchronicities, but how do I do this in a really short amount of time? And so that's why I developed the meditation. So I invite people to try that out and uh, and play and play with it and and design your own, see what happens, see what's working, see how it's working. You know, you can fine tune it in your own way because everybody is their own player in this game. So, yeah. I love it. And as, as if you're listening to the audio, I'm looking at Gordy's screen. He's got this sign behind that says, be the magic. And um, talking about tests before I've taken the test before my primary archetype is magician. And I just like, I, I love this concept of stepping into the magic, stepping into this place of curiosity. And your book is just such an amazing, uh, you put a bow on top of lots of these concepts and put some language yeah. around it in ways that I haven't uh, thought about before. So really grateful for you besides checking out the book, is there any other place that you would want people to go to find out all the stuff that you're up to Gordy? Um, yeah. and obviously the, the, you spoke to the bonuses, the bonuses are epic, but yes, please, please share. Yeah. You can go to newmillionairesplaybook.com, get the book there, get all the bonuses. If you want to learn more about, you know, the CTR ecosystem, what we're building for entrepreneurs and investors, um, it's just ctr.com and, um, and yeah, just reach out. And also I, if, if you want to play something Brandon, really fun, I've been doing as well as it's, I invented this thing called book tarot. So, um, uh, I ask the people, so I'm going to ask you pick a random number, uh, and I'll go to that page right now and I'll read a passage from that page and we'll see, uh, who it resonates for. And it's just a fun way to give somebody a little taste of the book as well. So why don't you pick a mm. number between, I don't know, one and one sixty or something. Whatever you feel. 27. 27. Okay. So I'll quickly, let's see what's on 27. <laughs> All right. That is my wife's go. lucky number and also upcoming baby due date and Leah's birthday. So I'm going with 27. Normally 21 is my lucky number, but I want 27. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. How fitting is this? How fitting is this? Um, okay. So firstly, there's the diagram on pattern recognition. Okay. So, so here we go. The act of simply asking people to write down their curiosities and share them sparks rich conversations and ideas that can be quickly put into motion. At a conference, I shared this exercise with a group that included the late Sean Stevenson, an inspiring oh speaker. <laughs> you can't make this up. An inspiring speaker. Sean was also a board certified therapist with a doctorate in clinical hypnosis. He took this exercise back to his practice and raved about its impact. Though it may sound obvious, I found it illuminating when Sean told me that curiosity is absent in depressed people. Apathy is the opposite of curiosity. So if you didn't get it the first time we talked about it, that should tell you. <laughs> there's, there's, we just watched synchronicity happen yeah. right there. So, so literally <laughs> the magic worked. You watched it work. I'm not bullshitting you. I didn't tell Gordy. He didn't tell me he was doing this. That was real. You just listened to magic happen. Amazing. Well, I'm just going to really quickly have a conversation with you listening. And I just want to say, I'm so grateful for you. Uh, you could be listening to so many other conversations. You could be doing so many other things, but you chose 
to listen to this incredible interview with my friend Gordy. And today you've been on a journey of learning about Gordy's transition from old millionaire to new millionaire and how you can step into this, how you can uncover your purpose, leveraging curiosity. You got that homework, that thing that you can do where you can literally just stop right now or right at the end of this and write down those 25 things and uh, that you're curious about and share that with someone, maybe do it with your friend or significant other and just see what shows up. And I think there's so much magic. So my ask is that if you've been impacted by today, which you have, because you're still hanging out with us today, you just take a second to share this with someone. You have no idea the impact that it would make. It would make my day. It would make Gordy's day. Um, but man, whether you choose to do that or not, I so appreciate you for being here. And Gordy, any final things you want to say before we head off today, my friend? It's been a pleasure to be with you. And for those of you listening, my heart goes out to you. And may you live with freedom, purpose, and abundance. Amazing. Love you, brother. We'll talk to you very soon.